0: Hi, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. In this podcast, we'll be discussing self-care routines, mindset practices, and mindfulness habits. We will combat the stigma around mental health in order to create a safe and open community for people to connect and not feel alone. Focus on your mindset rather than your situation. It's a game changer. Grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everyone, and for all my teachers out there, take a deep breath and out. We are back at it. Fresh new week, but there is the state math test, so we have those two days of kind of a wash and you know, the kids are clearly going to be focused on the math test. So our lessons could be more Daisy, you know, and more SEL and things like that. Um, And then it's going to be May. It's going to be May. So guys, we're almost there. I hope you took the time, whether you were a teacher or any other job that maybe had an extended weekend. I hope you guys really took advantage of the time you had off. In New York, there was this week of just beautiful weather, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Sunday was just like the last half of the week was just beautiful, sunny, and like 60-degree weather, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And I made sure that I did. That was a part of the self-care goal of this week was to just enjoy each day. I was a little bummed that I wasn't going anywhere on vacation because usually I do – But I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a great staycation. So I hope you guys caught up with friends you haven't seen in a while. Like I have. I made sure I saw a good chunk of my friends that I haven't seen in a little bit. Spent some time with them. Had some deep, wonderful conversations. Felt connected. I spent a lot of time outside with this beautiful weather because reconnecting with nature is just so important for your mindfulness. And I hope you guys reconnected with family members you haven't seen in a while. I hope you guys enjoyed all the holidays that were going on. So I feel, and I hope you guys feel as well, definitely recharge. I'm definitely. Okay with going back to work tomorrow. I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so excited to go back to work tomorrow. I don't think any of us ever were really like that, but I made the most of the break, and I hope that you guys did too. And I made sure that I just did things that I enjoyed. And that's really what self-care and mindfulness is all about is remembering to do things that you enjoy, no matter how little they may be. So I hope you guys took time. For yourself because you deserve it. You work hard. and Thank you guys so much for the support. Thank you for always listening. Thank you to my subscribers. Thank you for all the wonderful Growth Mindset gang listeners out there. Love you guys. You are literally the best. Thank you for always tagging me in your stories if an episode you know, helped you a lot. Make sure to tag friends in these episodes if you think they would be helpful. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe to Growth Mindset Gal podcast. It's ninety nine cents per month, and with that subscription, you get the Wellness Wednesday episodes with no ads, and you also get access to the Growth Mindset Gang text group. I will be sending you the code, and you can join it. Where every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I send inspirational quotes. You could interact with other subscribers. You could interact with me, and every Sunday. I send wonderful journal prompts to help you guys set up for the week. That is linked in my show notes if you guys are interested. And also, subscribers are going to be open to fun giveaways that are going to be posted in the group chat. Also, if you haven't already done so, linked in my show notes is the email list. If you want to join every Sunday, I am going to be sending emails to the people on the email list just, again, to set you up for the week sending you podcasts that have helped me, self-development books that have been helping me with my mindfulness, self-care routines that have been really useful to me, self-care products that have been amazing to me. So if you're interested in any of that, please make sure to go into my show notes and join the email list. And every Sunday, you will be hearing from me. All right, friends. So we have a doing well daily quote, and today's quote is, It's okay to feel your feelings. Boom. It is okay to feel your feelings, which is, I think, a term feeling your feelings is definitely becoming more acceptable in the millennial and Gen Z generations. And even I, as an adult at 27 years old, still need to get used to feeling my feelings where I definitely geared towards my masculine energy. I like structure. I like routine. I like getting things done. I'm not very go with the flow. I'm very let's plan it. Let's make the goal. Let's get the itinerary. And that makes me really hide my feelings. And if I'm feeling some type of way, I like to be alone. I like to isolate and just kind of go through them by myself or shut them down or invalidate them and tell myself to just get over it. It's not a big deal. Um, and i realize realized that that leads to a lot of resentment towards places, towards people, towards things, <laughs> towards nouns in general. So I think it's really crucial that we start getting very comfortable with our thoughts and our feelings when we're just by ourselves. What are we feeling? What are our thoughts? And remember, emotions, like we always say, are visitors. So feel the emotion. Cope with it anyway, you know that you need to. Maybe taking a deep breath. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's talking to someone. Maybe it's just watching your favorite show. Maybe it's going to the gym. Maybe it's doing like a long skincare routine. Maybe it's reading a book and escaping reality. Whatever your coping mechanism is, do it and cope with your emotions. I was actually listening to the Almost 30 podcast. Love that podcast. I've been really on just like a marathon with them and they had a guest on and they were talking about emotions and the guest was saying that you feel most of the emotion in the first like 90 seconds and then after 90 seconds then it's kind of your thoughts taking control of the emotion instead of just feeling the emotion for the 90 seconds and then being like okay how can i make this better how can i solve the solution of the emotion and i was like Wow. That makes a lot of sense because think about when like you're angry, you're like, oh, like so angry and you just want to just like scream and just scream, you know, Maybe scream into a pillow. Maybe if you need to just, you know, hold on to something really hard or just like, you know, if you have a cushion, just punch it really quick and just like get rid of that anger in like a safe way. And then all of a sudden it's, it's gone or it's better because that's the first 90 seconds. So I think Now that we're understanding, like, feel your emotions and it's so important to feel them and also take the next step of, okay, how can I cope with the emotion instead of staying in the emotion? Because when we're sad, when we're angry, when we're nervous, we stay there for a little bit too long and we let it just build up inside us instead of just being like, okay, why am I feeling angry? What can I do? to resolve this anger or treat or cope this anger. And that's what growth mindset and mindfulness is, is having that really important internal monologue that when your emotions are raging, you can feel them and, and understand where they're coming from. That's what this quote means. Like it's okay to feel your feelings. Now understand where this is coming from. Emotions always have a reason. You don't feel things for no reason. So, it's really important to when you're feeling upset, think about it. Okay. Why am I feeling upset? Okay. For example, okay. Today I'm feeling anxious. Okay. Why am I feeling anxious? Because I have to go to work tomorrow after a nice week off. Okay. So you're anxious to go back to work. You got those Sunday scaries. How am I going to cope with the anxiety then? What did I do? I was reading my book this morning. I had a brunch date with my friend Kelly and we caught up. And now I'm recording a podcast. I did food shopping. That didn't help with anxiety because food shopping makes me super anxious. Anyone else out there, like food shopping makes them super anxious, especially I had to go alone because Nate's upstate visiting his family. I was like, oh, no, I got to go by myself. No, that didn't help. But I made sure today I was like, the three things I have to do today on the Sunday is reading my book with my coffee going to brunch with Kelly, and recording this podcast. The three things that I had to do, and I enjoy them, right? So that's how I wanted to combat my anxiety today, reading my book. I'm currently reading The People We Meet on Vacation, and I'm actually kind of liking it so far because I heard a lot of like 50-50, either you're really going to like it or it was stupid. And like I'm liking it so far, and it's, it's a nice quick read. It's quirky. It's fun. I'm here for it. So I was reading that this morning with my coffee, And then I got ready and I was playing some great, fun music. And then I went to brunch with Kelly and we caught up. We haven't seen each other since like December. So it was like we were catching up on all the the tea. And now I'm recording this podcast with you guys, just helping me really feel better and enjoy my time, you know, the last day before break. Okay? So this week, make a goal for yourself if you can. When you're feeling an emotion – Understand where it's coming from and think about what are different ways you can cope with it instead of sitting in it and then letting it just take over every ounce of your being. Okay, friends. So let's get to the heart of this episode. This episode is all about how to reparent yourself. And again, I'm going to be taking information from the book, How to Do the Work, Recognize Your Patterns, Heal from Your Past, and Create Yourself with Dr. Nicole Lepera. Again, I've been using this book a lot because I've learned so many things and I just need to share them with you guys. And it is so important to know and understand how to re-parent yourself. And I think a lot of us, and I'm seeing this on TikTok as well and other social media, where we're talking about mindfulness or understanding our trauma. And then we're like, well, you know, our parents did this and da, 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 da. And we're really going into, not all of us, but we're going into like this victim mode of, well, my parents did this, so that's why I'm like this. Where when you're kind of discovering your trauma and why you are the way you are, like it's okay to like, okay, so, you know, I'm anxious because I felt like an overachiever and I couldn't do anything wrong because my sister was the one that always messed up, so I couldn't be the one that messed up. My parents had enough you know, stressed with my sister, just being my sister. And that's kind of where it came from. But then I caught myself, I remember in one of my therapy session last Monday, and I was kind of talking about this with her, my therapist, Nicole. And I was saying like, I just wish my childhood was different. So I wasn't anxious. And I like felt weird saying that because All in all, I had a really good childhood. Um, Granted, you know, there are certain things that weren't perfect, but I, like, was really blaming, you know, my my parents. And it's okay to hold people accountable um, for maybe what they said to you when you were little, how they reacted to things and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's really important not to get stuck in the blame game. Like, I'm like this because of so-and-so because then we give the power of who we are to that scenario or that person. And I want to work on understanding that my parents were not perfect. And when I was little and I think a lot of us when we're little we th- a lot of us think that our parents are these, you know, superhumans that just did everything for us and Or the opposite, where our parents were these terrible people that neglected us and didn't care about us or whatever, whatever end of the spectrum that it may be. And we forget that our parents were people too. And they also have trauma from then their parents and so on and so forth. And I think the goal is to understand where, you know, my anxiety comes from. But then also finding solutions on how to break the generational curse, if you will, a generational trauma curse, (laughs) generational trauma of anxiety because anxiety runs in my family and, you know, certain behaviors and thought processes and perspectives run in my family. And I'm realizing that I want to break those negative behaviors. My sister and I were talking about this and we want to do that so it's kind of understanding that your parents are people too and a lot of them were trying the best they could with what they knew how to do and doesn't mean that what they were doing was right but a lot of parents were just trying to figure out what was the best thing for us based on what their parents showed them based on what they felt was the right thing at the right time and, you know, some days they did the good thing. Some things they fell short. And that's why I think when we talk to our parents, especially the millennials here that a lot of our parents are either boomers or Gen X, they get very defensive when we're like, hey, like, I'm this way because, you know, you did this or you emotionally neglected me or you were too hard on me. And then the boomers and Gen X get really defensive and they're like, you're telling me you didn't have a good child at all the things that I did for you and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's just like how they were raised as well, where their parents, our grandparents were the like, the silent generation where, you know, they just were like, "We need to provide. Like that's our job as parents is to provide for our kids. If we can provide for our kids, have a roof over their head, food on the table, clothes on their backs, we're doing the good job. We're doing the good parenting, and the kids are well behaved, they get good grades. You know what I mean? Like that was it. Like parenting was seen. As being the provider, right? And then our parents saw that as well. So now boomers were also like, hey, you had a good childhood because I gave you everything you wanted, right? For example, in materialistic things, for example, like clothes, food on the table, you know, equipment for sports if you played sports or instruments and, you know, paying for things and making sure you were in clubs that you wanted and all those things. And those are wonderful as well. But I think, at least for from my own perspective, the boomers kind of fell short with emotional connection because also their parents were not really there for emotional connection. Where I think now parents are starting to understand that, you know, we need to provide for our children, make sure they have a roof over their head, make sure that they are polite human beings, they have clothes, they have food to eat. But also make sure that, like, we raise them to understand, you know, who they are and their emotions and be supportive and all of those things. So I think it's important to pause and understand that, yeah, our parents made mistakes and they made impacts on our adulthood and how we make decisions as adults, how we choose even our romantic partner in our adulthood and how we work at our jobs and everything like that. And they did some good things. And then they did some things that were not great and really affected us in a negative way. And it's okay to acknowledge the trauma. It's okay to understand where it's coming from. It's okay to hold people accountable, but don't get stuck there because I was getting stuck there and I noticed that in my therapy sessions where like I was really going off on like things in my childhood and blaming certain situations on how I am now. And after I had that therapy session, I didn't feel good afterwards. I was just like, okay, I'm understanding the root cause of why I am the way I am but how can I solve this? Am I just going to be the victim in my anxiety and just let it control my life and then blame, you know, my early childhood for the way I am now? Or can I hold the power within myself to reparent myself? And so when I was reading the chapter reparenting in Dr. Nicola Perra's book, I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense on how it's our job to reparent ourselves, to become a better person and find solutions to our childhood trauma and healing our inner child and things like that. Because now we're adults, like I'm 27 and I need to be held accountable for, okay, my childhood made me the way I am now, but I now have the power to take control of of how my adult life is going to be. So in her book, Dr. Nicole LaPera talks about the four pillars of reparenting yourself, right? So teaching, teaching an old dog new tricks, basically, in a nutshell. And her first pillar is emotional regulation. I think this is the top one. This is the big one. Emotional regulation. Teaching yourself how to regulate your emotions because how we learn how to regulate our emotions is we learn from what we saw with our parents. For example, um, my mom is a very reactive woman. And so when things don't go her way or if there's a fight, she's just never calm, like just a very reactive person, loud and proud when she's reacting to something good or bad. And so I'm finding in my adult life that I am A very reactive person. And I'm learning as an adult that it's not always a good thing to be reactive. That makes people, friends, significant others, that makes people afraid to maybe tell you things. And that makes sense because I was always afraid to tell my mom like if I messed up, if I made a mistake because she would be reactive in a negative way. And I realize that now I am also like that. So if you had, you know, a parent that was very reactive or a parent that would ice you out if you did something wrong and so on and so forth, it's really important to learn how to regulate your emotions. So for example, what she says in her book, and I'm going to read it verbatim, is the first pillar of reparenting is emotional regulation or the skill to successfully navigate your emotional states. Emotional regulation is our ability to cope with stress in a flexible, tolerant, and adaptive way. We've been working on this step-by-step throughout the book, especially when we discuss the role of the nervous system. The ways we can regulate our emotions are all the practices you're likely well-versed in by now. Deep belly breathing to regulate our stress response non-judgmentally witnessing changes in our body sensations, and noticing patterns in our ego-based narratives that are connected to those emotional activations. So it's very important to learn how to manage your stress and how you react to stressful or negative situations. And like she said, some of the things you could do is, and I've been doing this a lot. This is a big one for me is like pausing and taking a deep breath in, deep belly breaths. The amount of positive reaction a deep breath can do is insane that I never realized. Also, when you when someone tells you thing like maybe they messed up or something, not being judgmental that's a huge thing because I used to be and I'm still working on it, like very judgmental, and I learned that from my parents. Um, when you make a mistake or you made a wrong decision um, or anything like that, it was v- met with judgment and like, or I told you so. so. That's like the most annoying thing. When you like did something wrong and then someone's like, well, I told you so. It's like, okay, yeah, you did. But like, do you, you have to rub it in my face? Do you know what I mean? So re reacting in that way is not positive. So... When you're in a moment, if someone tells you bad news or if someone makes a mistake or anything like that, tell them, take a deep breath, be like, okay, you know, people make mistakes. Um, It's unfortunate that you made that mistake. What's the lesson we can learn? Or if you are a little bit disappointed in the mistake they made, they'd be like, it's okay to make mistakes, but you know, I am a little bit disappointed in you, but that's okay. We're going to like figure it out whatever that it is. Like if my parents reacted in that way, when I made a mistake, I don't think I would be, you know, as anxious when I do make mistakes. But again, now I'm taking control of, okay, when I make a mistake, I reparent myself and I say, Allie, it's okay to make mistakes. I know this is not how you wanted it to turn out, but it's not going to ruin your life. Okay. You made a mistake. What can we learn from it? The second pillar is, in reparenting yourself, is loving discipline. And what she says in the book is, the second pillar is loving discipline. This pillar involves creating boundaries with ourselves that are maintained over time. We do this by making and keeping small promises and developing daily routines and habits. So when you want to reparent yourself, after you learn how to regulate your emotions, you need to create discipline routines to make sure you are reaching the goal of reparenting yourself. Like I And I said this in previous episodes that it's not motivation that gets you to where you want to go. It's the discipline. If you want to heal your inner child, you want to heal your mind, you want to get a growth mindset, it's creating discipline. What routines do you do every day that is going to help you to reparent yourself to manage your stress and your anxiety? what are you going to do? So maybe you have a morning routine where you get up a little bit earlier than you're supposed to, right? So you have a little time for yourself and maybe you go to the gym before work. I can't do that, but I go to the gym after work. But some people get up in the morning and their discipline, their motivation to reach their goals is to set their mind right for the day. They go on a morning walk. They have a morning workout. What I do in the morning is when I get on that train to set myself up for the day, I read my book, whatever book that I'm on, and I listen to a mindful podcast, whether it's Almost 30, whether it's Earn Your Happy, whether it's the Highest Self podcast, podcasts that really get me in the mood to be successful and line me up for the day. I do that every single morning. That's the discipline for myself to set up my mind right, to quiet my anxiety. And something I also added, like I said in previous episodes, is I listen to morning meditation affirmations as I'm getting ready for work to help with anxiety, to help with imposter syndrome, to help with, you know, overachieving, da da da, da. I listen to guided meditations with affirmations while I get ready for work. I read a book on the train. I listen to a podcast as I'm walking to work. That's my routine. That's my discipline to keep my mind right. After work to let off some steam for my discipline, for my mindset and my mood, I read on the train ride back. And then after work, I either go to the gym for like an hour or I do a bike ride for 30 minutes around my neighborhood to to get that little physical activity going out. And those are the things I promise myself I'm going to do every day to keep my mindset good or to recover from a bad day, to set my day off right. Those are the things I promise myself I'm going to do. So maybe for you, you have like a nightly, a skin routine that really calms you down for the evening or you have an evening routine where you like clean up your house or your apartment or your room, you lay out your clothes, you do your skincare routine. Maybe you journal at night to reflect off the day. Maybe you read before you go to sleep. That helps you with your, basically your nervous system, getting it in check. Maybe it's the promise you have to yourself every day that, you know, on your lunch break, you like leave the office building and you take a walk somewhere, or at least like you go and eat outside just to give yourself like a break. If like work's being stressful that day on your lunch, you always make sure that you like leave the building and just like give yourself some space and like, so you're ready to come back right? That is discipline, okay? So pillar number one is learning how to emotionally regulate yourself in stressful situations, be non-reactive, coping skills when you're feeling big feelings. The second pillar of reparenting yourself is discipline to reach your goals, which your goal is to heal your mindset. The third pillar, as she says, the third pillar goes hand in hand with loving discipline, self-care. The phrase itself has gotten a bad rep in recent memory as it's been commodified and used as an example of self indulgence. True self care, supporting your needs and valuing your worth, is not indulgent at all. It's a fundamental to holistic wellness. Self care is an act of learning to identify and care for your physical and emotional wants and needs, especially those that were denied in your childhood. Boom. Third pillar right there is self-care in order to reparent yourself you have to take care of yourself especially the things that were denied in your childhood so with me okay things that were denied in my childhood was confidence okay and feeling worthy even if i make a mistake so what i do is I make sure that I say affirmations to myself. I make sure that, you know, I reflect and journal all the accomplishments that I've done and basically telling myself what a catch I am, you know what I mean? And like giving myself the I'm proud of you words of affirmation that I am a successful person. And it's very important to be successful. Like what I felt in my childhood was like when I did a good thing, it wasn't like celebrated in a big way. Because I was the good child. So, of course, when I did a good thing, it's like, oh, well, Allie, yeah, of course, Allie did a good thing. She's the good kid. Like, you know what I mean? Of course, Allie got an A on her test. She's the smart one. So I felt like my achievements were not celebrated because I was a good kid. So, of course, I did the right thing. Where now when I do great things in my adulthood, I make sure that I am proud of myself. And I say positive affirmations to myself. I journal about it. And then, you know. Some days I do a little bit of self-care and, you know, maybe I get my favorite dinner or I get a, one of my favorite desserts I haven't had in a while, or, you know, I spend time outside, right? taking care of yourself. Wonderful self-care routines that I love to do. Reading is my most favorite thing in the entire world. I love getting up in the morning on the weekends and reading my book and having my coffee in silence, lighting my candle. That's all. Right now, literally, I am recording this in my living room. Candle is lit. I got the door open. It's beautiful weather out. You can hear nature like I am living in the moment. Self-care for me is alone time. I enjoy just I need time to calm it down. Self-care routine is I have a lovely skincare routine that I do at the end of the day. I take off all my makeup and then I do exfoliate. I moisturize. I do the whole nine yards to get me ready for bed another self-care routine that i do is movement i love physical movement so either going to the gym or working out outside in the backyard or i go for a bike ride or even like walking around the neighborhood is a self-care thing that i love to do and self-care for me also the which i did during this break is hanging out with my friends and family that i don't get to see all the time so i made sure that I hung out with my friends and we had deep, wonderful conversations, catching up with each other. And we were like sitting outside in the beautiful weather. That is self-care in a nutshell for me. It's taking care of myself and making sure that I'm okay so I can be a good person to others around me. So... If you need a self-care day, you do your skincare routine, maybe has create a nice bath for yourself, read a good book, right? Maybe walk around the block listening to a great podcast. Maybe self-care for you too is maybe cleaning your apartment. I did that the other day where I was just blasting great music and I just cleaned my apartment so everything's nice. Maybe self-care for you is walking in nature and going on hikes, Maybe self-care for you is waking up early and heading to the gym so like no one's there so you have all the equipment for yourself. Maybe self-care for you is cooking a delicious meal for yourself, right? Nourishing your body. Maybe self-care for you is going to your favorite coffee shop, grabbing a coffee and just like hanging out in the coffee shop, maybe doing work that you like enjoy doing or reading a book or hanging out with friends. Whatever is self-care to you, do it to help Reparent yourself. The last pillar, pillar number four, as I flip the page over, give me one second. Pillar number four. All right. Please hold. I kind of lost my spot. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Did I flip too many pages? I did. Hold on. All right. Here it is. Sorry. <laughs> it's life. I do that sometimes with teaching where I'm like, what page was on? I just like it to myself. Anywho, all right. Back on track. Pillar number four. As she said in her book, The Fourth Pillar, one of the ultimate goals of the work is to rediscover our childlike sense of wonder. This state is made up of a combination of creativity, imagination, joy, spontaneity, and of course, playfulness. So, pillar number four to reparent yourself, reimagine your wonder as a child. So, pillar number four is doing the things, the hobbies that you love to do as a child that brought you so much joy. And for me, it was singing. I loved to sing. I could get lost in a song. I really loved and enjoyed singing like Broadway music. And I remember when I was like home by myself as like a kid, I would just like play instrumentals on like YouTube and just like sing my heart out. I loved to sing. And I haven't really sang in a really long time. Just like to myself, just like when I'm by myself and just like enjoying it and having fun with it. And I really want to get into singing again. So, you know, when I find time by myself in my apartment, you know, just cranking out some tunes, singing to myself, maybe singing when I'm cooking dinner, I want to really get back into, because that was my joy. That was my wonder as a kid was just singing and enjoying it with musicality and harmonizing and all the things. I even would find like the, you know, instrumental, like, f- and it was, like, the girl's, like, side was instrumental and you sang with, like, a guy and so you can harmonize and stuff like that. Like, that was, like, so fun for me. I And I loved being in chorus. I was in chorus from, like, elementary school to um high school. And then once I got to college, I, there was no chorus. So I, I that's kind of when I stopped singing. But just that fourth pillar is just finding your childhood joy again. So when you were a kid... If you loved building things, right? you could still go go to go to Target, and there's plenty there's plenty of things that you can build. There's like those Lego cars that you can build. I see it all the time. You can rebuild stuff. If you love to write as a kid, I also loved writing too, and I kind of got back to it when I was doing blogs. If you love to write as a kid, go back to it everybody's blogging these days. If you enjoy writing about something, writing poetry, writing short stories, writing about life, do it. There are so many blog websites that you can go to and just enjoy writing and hopefully people find joy in your writing. That was really what brought you such wonder and spontaneity. And in your childhood youth, if you enjoyed playing an instrument, relearn it. Okay? Bring it back. There's plenty of Videos on YouTube and things like that to like teach yourself how to learn how to play an instrument again. If you enjoyed like playing games and being active as a child, there's so many programs out there, adult um, sport leagues that you can play and stuff like that. Um, I even last summer I was in like a a beach volleyball league that was so much fun right? There's so many just like there's soccer leagues, there's hockey adult leagues, volleyball adult leagues, across. There's so many programs out there now that if you miss playing that sport that you did when you were little, you can jump back into it and have a grand old time, right? If you, you know, enjoyed making videos as a kid, I mean, that's what everyone does these days, right? Hop on TikTok, hop on Instagram Reels and make videos that you enjoy. What's stopping you yourself, that's what's stopping you and the fear of judgment of others. No, 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 no. We're past that, guys. This is episode 54 of the Growth Mindset Gal podcast. We are past the fear of judgment. So again, pillar number four is finding your childhood joy again, doing things that you enjoyed as a kid and doing them now as an adult. Right. So again, just to put a bow on it, pillar number one Of reparenting yourself was emotional regulation, right? Feeling out your emotions and dealing with them, coping with them in a healthy way, okay? As an adult, it is your job to control and cope with your emotions. When you are reactive, you're not finding solutions. You're actually maybe causing more problems. So again, feel the emotion and then be like, okay, how can I solve this? And especially us millennials too, when we start having children, it's very important to teach them how to not be reactive by modeling how to not be reactive. Because that's how I learned how to cope with my emotions with my parents. And now I have to reparent myself, right? And that's what we all have to do. Even if your parents, you think your parents did nothing wrong. it's There's, there's still room to reparent yourself in some way. Pillar number two was discipline. When we're on this healing journey, we got to make sure we create daily habits and routines that are going to help us in the healing process. Pillar number three was self care. And then pillar number four was finding your childhood joy again. All right. And like I said, okay. Our parents were not perfect. They were humans just trying to figure out life just like we're trying to figure out life. They made mistakes too. And they might be a little bit defensive about the mistakes that they made because that makes maybe them feel like a failure, right? And then unfortunately, there were parents that really did a big mess up and was emotional neglect, physical neglect, emotional, physical abuse. It's unfortunate and so sad that some childhoods had parents like that. And if you had to go through that, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. And now we're all adults trying to figure out what is a successful adulthood? How will I be as a parent? What will I teach my children when I have them? And the first step to how am I going to be a parent to my children eventually down the road is how can I be a parent to myself and learn how to reparent myself and heal from the childhood trauma that I experienced. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoy talking about it. I love this topic and I just think it just really hit home with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate and follow me on Spotify. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on your story and tag me in it. If you're doing any self-care routines or reparenting pillars and techniques that you learned from this episode, share it on your story and tag me in it. Share this episode with a friend if you think it was gonna be helpful and useful. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.